Hi. All right, welcome back. We are in the boat. We're in the boat. We're post physically in it. I have running water. Hey, there's a toilet. It works. It's a full facility. Yeah. All right, what are we talking about today, Anne? Well, we ended the last episode talking about relationship dynamics, which got me thinking about the role that I typically play in relationships. I think last time I kind of touched on this idea of like, oh, there are people who, if you're in a relationship where romantic uh, stuff is un, unrequ- unrequited, <laughs> fucking <A. laughs> unrequited, unrequited. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I hate it here. Um, that the person who doesn't actually have romantic feelings for the other person can still um, benefit, and I would say that that like can be a parasitic relationship. Because the person who doesn't have romantic feelings gets the benefit of attention and emotional support from the person who does have feelings. The person who has feelings gets attention and support that's very conditional because they will never get romance in return. So, Do you feel like that can be, like, the same sort of dynamic can play out even if it is, like, a romantic thing from both sides? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that two people can love each other and, you know, like, when you're looking at you know, at the ripe age of 26, I probably don't have the most mature thoughts on this, but you're two individual people. They can love each other a lot, and those dynamics can be really unhealthy nonetheless, despite there being love there. Um, but I, I, I do think that, yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, last time I was talking about platonic, but I think that people can love each other and it can still be fucked up. Yeah. What's got you thinking about your relationship dynamics? Well, we also had a conversation with somebody who was describing as sort of what sounded like somewhat of an unequal relationship where like she's the one providing a lot of support and I felt like she used this like perfect example that kind of sums it up of a care package. Yeah. Um, like the example was that, you know, the other person was sort of like sad, I don't know, sad or stressed out or something and she made them a care package. And I, I meant to say this like in that conversation, and then I completely forgot. But I'll just send her this so she can get my <laughs> very, Point, yeah. very delayed reaction <laughs> to that conversation. Um, but I was like, oh my god, I'm totally the care package person of a relationship. Um, yeah, like I am the care package making, like letter writing, allowing that fleeting thought of like, what if I just quit my job and went yeah. so that I could go, you know, do this thing with this person, which I feel like. I don't know, it sounds super sappy, which I think is, it seems out of character. Mm. Like I, but I'm saying that because I, I don't consider myself a super emotional person, but I think, I mean, I was trying to figure out, like, while I was writing this podcast, like, yeah. I was like, that seems out of character for me, but why do I feel like that? And if it's actually out of character, why? Um, yeah. But I actually don't think it's super out of character, because I'm definitely, like, I feel like I'm thoughtful in the way that I interact with people, so it makes sense that that would be, like, I that's how I would approach relationships, too. I think the, the m- sort of metaphorical care package thing plays, and I'm saying metaphorical <laughs> care package because I'm not, uh, it makes it sound like I'm, like, my love language is material or, like, gift-giving. It's super yeah. not. I don't really love um, receiving gifts, but yeah. <laughs> um, my love language, I think, is thoughtfulness. Is that one? I don't actually know what that is. I don't think so, but we will... Well, I'm calling it yeah. thoughtfulness, and I feel like so... Because so much thought goes into, like, making somebody a care package. It's not just, like, yeah. sending them, like, flowers or something. You, you put a lot of thought into, like, what goes into that. Mm. Um, and I'm totally that type of person in a relationship. I don't super think it's out of character anymore, because 
when I say I'm not an, a super emotional person, what I really mean is that it, like, it takes a lot for my emotions to change, like, from one moment to the next. Mm. Like, the activation energy is high, <laughs> if you will. Don't punch yeah. me in the face, please. Yeah. I will not talk about the MK again. <laughs> please, I'm begging you. Um, but, uh, and that has, like, pros and cons. I feel like the pros <clears throat> of that are that I, um, I work pretty well under pressure. Yeah. Um, so I'm not super easily stressed out. But there are definitely cons to that, too, which, like, I don't necessarily always respond super appropriately in, like, intensely emotional conversations in real time. Yeah. Um, and you've seen me do this before, where, like, you're super emotional about something, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, have you tried, like, laying on the floor for a second? I don't know. Um, but then I'll, like, think about it and come back around to you and be like, I have adjusted my You're like, give me 24 hours, yeah. and I will have a different thought process. Yeah, and I feel like, well, that's kind of where the, the letter writing part of it comes in, too, because mm. I, if I have some time to, to think and, you know, collect my thoughts and try and get on the same level as the other person who is a little bit more emotional, Yeah. then, like, I actually can say meaningful things. It's just the in-real-time mm. part. Um, shocking that I'm single still. Well, <laughs> Occasionally <laughs> presents as emotionally lacking, hasn't had indoor plumbing <laughs> or basic amenities in <laughs> over a year, and uh, spends the free time she does have on a podcast. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, like, what I'm hearing you say is that, like, you're not necessarily a, a outwardly, like, you know, I'm a really dramatic, or, like, I'm a, a very emotive person from mm. the get-go. Uh, I also have a temper like no tomorrow, but uh, um, you've seen that in action. <laughs> but um, the act of giving someone a care package is incredibly thoughtful and is, like, imbued with emotion. So do you think that, like... So we're also talking about metaphorical care packages and, yeah. like, physical like, care packages. The yes. Is the metaphorical component. The, yeah. Or as I inaccurately said earlier, metaphysical. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a whole different... <laughs> metaphorical the care package. The multiverse care package. Like, care the package. thought behind... Which, I don't know. This is not a real... Th a metaphorical care package is not a yeah. real thing. But, like, the thought that goes into putting a care package together yeah. for somebody. In, the sim in a similar way that, like, you know, a lot of thought would go into writing somebody a letter or, like, just anything that is a thoughtful action towards another person that you care about. I'm also not saying... Like, when I say I'm not super emotional, I'm not saying that I don't have feelings. No, like, absolutely. I, I think I'm this person in a relationship because I know that my way of showing that I care about the other person is through thoughtful actions. Mm. Um, because I, it's not necessarily always going to come out in words <laughs> like yeah. in the moment. But I do like the like doing thoughtful things for the person that I care about. And that, that can be romantic or just in a friendship. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely that, like, when I like someone in a romantic way, like that sappy in a way that I feel like is out of character, but now that I've thought through this, maybe yeah. it's not super out of character, but I don't know. Do you feel like it's out of character for me, like, knowing me, that I would be... Because you've never seen me, actually, in a relationship. Unfortunately. Um, except our own. Our own, yes. Marriage. <laughs> our <laughs> marriage, yeah. No, not at all, actually, because I think that oh, what I have seen is that you are an incredible act of service person. I think it would actually be... <laughs> sometimes I find myself being having to be really intentional about our conversations and ask you about you because we could go an entire three-hour conversation where you tell me nothing about yourself and I'm like, and my childhood trauma began with, like... <laughs> 
<laughs> like, um, so the physical aspect of your care package doesn't surprise me at all. It's actually a great way for you to share your emotions with someone. It doesn't surprise me. I also like, though, being, you know, on the receiving end of somebody's life story. Me too. <laughs> I think that what is odd is when you encounter, I'm also feeling that way at when I met you, I was like, oh, shit, this is one of the same people. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of, I think because of the circumstances of where we were at life, you became the listener and I became the, sh the sharer. I, I see many reasons why that could be a good thing. Do you, do you have any qualms about being the metaphorical care package? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that <laughs> no, I'm the metaphorical care package maker or giver. <laughs> I'm not the metaphorical care package. Um, yeah, I think that because I like being that person in a relationship and that's mm. like my natural, because I, I don't, I think that in and of itself is not a bad thing. I like being that person. I like yeah. other people that are like that. But I do feel like it sort of has resulted in a tendency to end up in situations that are a little bit one-sided. Um, I don't yeah. know if that's intertwined or not, or if it's sort of like, I mean, correlation, causation, whatever, mm -hmm. but um, I think I end up sort of justifying one-sidedness in a relationship yeah. because I enjoy being that person, and obviously the other person enjoys being on the receiving end of that, yeah. um, sort of just similar to what you were just saying. Looking back at my past relationships, I'm like, yeah, most of them have been, in terms of emotional support, one-sided. Yeah. Um, and But I'm grateful for those relationships because now I know what to sort of watch out for, like the tendencies that I have to, to you know, avoid. Like yeah. If I find myself being like, oh, I could, you know, rearrange like this planned trip so that I can hang out with this person because they said they were free this day and I don't want to suggest a different day because like, what if they cancel? Like, yeah. that's bad. I don't want... It is a slippery one-way slope that I don't want any part of. It's not like I am... That kind of person in a relationship because I'm afraid of not being in a relationship. Obviously, I very much enjoy being yeah. single. Um, so it's not like it's not this concern of of being alone. So but, I, like what I'm hearing you say is like you get something out of this one side. Like you you gain you gain value for yourself being a supportive person for another person. I think so. Do you see that play out in friendships at all? Yeah, and I do justify it in friendships. And that's because, and maybe I shouldn't justify it in friendships, but I have a lot of friendships that are two-sided. So there are, mm. like, there are a handful that feel a little bit more one-sided, but I'm, mm. it doesn't bother me. So, like, whereas you might have one, one true romantic relationship, yeah, you don't want that to be one-sided. Multiple romantic mm. relationships mm. where I'm like, well, this one's two-sided, yeah. this one's one-sided. Mm. I think in the past, um... I sort of put up with the one-sidedness or justified it a little bit more, but I think now, like, if I'm gonna be in a romantic relationship with someone and it's, you know, gonna actually be a serious relationship, it would need to be with another, you know, like, metaphorical care package person. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not gonna do this one-sided shit again. Because um, it wasn't, get, like, looking back on it, I mean, there's so many things you can justify in a relationship as it's happening. Mm. Um, but looking back on the things I didn't like about my previous relationships, it it can kind of boil down to the one-sided emotional support part of it. Yeah. What is your personality type in a, in a relationship? <clears throat> well, I think that I have similarities with you in that um, in some relationships, I want to assume this, like, I want to give what the other person needs from me. Um, 
We talked about me being a child actor, and I think <laughs> that, um, it, you know, my girlfriend's always telling me you have eight different characters that you put on. You have uh, so many different characters, and I think that there's an extent to which that's normal. Like, you're a different type of person with different people. Uh-huh. Um, and so, in, in friendships, I'm 100%, you know, a different person with everyone. Some people I'm more serious with. Some people I'm a lot goofier with. I feel like that also kind of speaks to you being an empathetic person. Like, you can sort of Like, responding to the person, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think that um, what I've really learned in my goop phase is that um, there are relationships where you get into the hairy zone is when you start violating your own values in order to maintain a relationship with someone. Yeah. Um, Whether that be a friendship or a romantic relationship. You know, my girlfriend right now, I am probably my most authentic self with her. And that's a different type of hard because it's difficult to have someone know you, you know, um, and be authentic in that moment. And also give you the freedom to be whoever you want to be. It's sometimes just easier when someone's that you're like, I know what you need, so I'm going to be that person. But I think the reason that there's been longevity is that she's good at letting me grow. Mm -hmm. Um... Um, but that's also difficult because uh, she's not making me grow in one direction. I have a lot of degrees of freedom. Um, but it's really easy for me to engage in relationships where I'm like, what does this person need? I'll assume the role of a therapist. I'll, you know, be a goofy person. I'll, I'll carry all the confidence. And the reality is that we're, like, way more nuanced than that. And I don't want to be throwing out something that I really care about in order to maintain something anymore. Um have you been in romantic relationships where you felt like you did that? Like, obviously not this current one. <laughs> right. Um, a lot of my true romantic relationships before my current girlfriend, I think that actually the ones in which I violated myself the most, in which I was the least myself, are ones in which the romantic stuff was unmatched. Like, they were people that I dated or had a relationship with where I feel like they saw my authentic self. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to be intimate with someone when they don't know who you truly are. I think there are ones where, like, you're pursuing someone and they're not giving anything back, and that's when you start to be like, well, if I just edit myself a little bit, then then maybe it'll be... um, Do you you feel like you have a tendency to do that? Because that's sort of what I was getting at with, like, it's, yeah, the editing of your... Totally. I think that also this comes from maybe the background of the brand, like, you know, the brand of, we come from an academic background, we both applied to med school, so there's, like, some level of perfectionism in in our fields that... um, That's an interesting take. Continue. I I think that 100% being um, in the scientific field makes me feel like I need to achieve a level of perfection in my own, not only professionalhood, but also in my personhood too and it it Mm -hmm. gives me less um opportunities to make mistakes so absolutely i think that there's like a level of pristineness that i try and maintain for for people on the outside so yeah i definitely edit myself like if i can avoid telling people that i make mistakes all the time then i will um and i think that like one of the things that really helped about my goop phase was being like no that um is actually not helpful because you end up putting yourself on this huge pedestal and when you do make a mistake yeah it's it's a lot harder but i i when my girlfriend and i first started dating um oh this is so embarrassing (laughs) 
and she will readily tell you this story. But oh god, I was so I tried to be so perfect for the first six months. Um, so much That's so, <laughs> so much so that like, this is embarrassing. But like, I would go into the closet to change so that she like wouldn't see me naked. Or, there's like, a, I mean, there's obviously a gay joke in there. No, absolutely embedded. Uh, and I <laughs> would just wear, like, four pairs of socks, because I was paranoid my feet would smell. Like, mm-hmm. I was just, like... Meanwhile, you entered my boat with your shoes already halfway off <laughs> saying, I, these, might, smell. these might smell. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, no. Um, and uh, it was so funny, because on our, like, third date... My girlfriend farted and was like, don't care. And I was like, dude, this girl is just so, like, unapologetically not perfect. And I don't mean that in, like, a she's not a perfect person kind of way. No, but nobody's perfect, and when you can own that, it's respectful. Exactly. Versus me having the biggest stick up my ass possible. (laughs) So, if anything, my girlfriend has really taught me how to be not perfect in a way that's perfect. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also, like, I think that people, especially women, in my opinion, who are very empathetic, can end up sacrificing a bit of our ourselves. Because we, we end up getting something from that relationship, we end up maybe sacrificing a bit of ourselves in order to satisfy someone else. What is, I mean, I don't know, is sacrificing really the right works? When you're in a relationship, I mean, there's, there's always, like, compromises. I feel like it's when you have to hide pieces of yourself or, like you said, violate some of your own values. That's true. That's a red flag. Do you want to elaborate more on that? I guess, yeah, you're right. The practice of being empathetic and caring for another person, um, I think is complicated. And I think that, like, yeah, there's, there, you're right, there is a fine line. I really enjoy giving someone else space. But when you start violating your own values, when you start sacrificing your most authentic self, then then being empathetic is a cost. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is this idea that like we enjoy being other people's support systems. It's not mm-hmm. a burden, per se. But it can be in certain circumstances, and it requires that you know yourself really well. In some ways, it requires that you went through a goop phase and you have this self-possession and self-assured assuredness, you know? Mm-hmm. Or that having the examples of relationships that were super one-sided, so that you know, like I was saying before, the things that you don't want. I wouldn't really know what sort of ways I didn't want to behave in a relationship if I didn't have examples of those things. Yeah. To some extent, it requires you to have fucked up. Yeah. At some point. Well, and I think, I mean, that's life, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you live, you learn. Um, but, and those relationships, I mean, parts of them were really painful because they were one-sided for the most part in terms of support, but, like, there is definitely positive there. It is a good thing that I had those examples because now I'm, I'm probably not going (laughs) to make that mistake again. Like, I, if I'm going to date again, or, I mean, I'm sure I will someday, um, (laughs) (laughs) I want an equal relationship. I'm not gonna... And now I know things that go into an unequal relationship, or, like, yeah. what to watch out for that go into an unequal relationship, but I don't... I'm not interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of... This kind of reminds me a little bit of, actually... <laughs> I wish I had a boat metaphor, but I only have a plain one. <laughs> this idea of, like, when you're on a plane and they tell you that, to put your mask on before you put on others. Mm-hmm. In some ways, 
the true secret of being a good metaphorical care package is knowing that your mask is on first. I don't think that's selfish. That's my own personal opinion. That's interesting. I oh, any time that, that I see that, I'm like, there's not a chance that if I well, it depends. If I, if it was like my child sitting next to me, I don't have any children. But if I had a child or one of my younger sisters was sitting next to me, yeah, I'm not putting mine on first. <laughs> well, I think that it's easy for me to say that I would, and then in this situation, I 100% would not. But I think that I see what you're getting at, though. I think that what's interesting is that we both kind of. I feel like, you know, I've had recent relationships where I feel like my hand has been a little bit burned mm-hmm. by not putting my own mask on first, by putting other people's interests in front of mine. Absolutely, yeah. And so, that... of course, right now, I'm like, I'm going to put my own mask on first. <laughs> yeah. But... I mean, I think mask um, metaphor aside, yeah. I think it does circle back to sort of a lot of topics that we've talked about, mm-hmm. and that, like, you have to be sort of comfortable and confident in your own self before you can care for others. I agree. Know yourself Why? enough to know what it feels like when you when you wander outside of the bounds of your yourself. If you are a metaphorical care package, that is beautiful because you know that that thoughtfulness is something that's important to you. If you're being a metaphorical care package and in that process violating your values as a person, then yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, or if it, I mean, we've talked about this before too, but it, like the reasons behind your actions, if the reasons behind your metaphorical care package giving are um, not rooted in something that is healthy, you know, that's going to be problematic. Yeah, um, but if it's within a relationship that is healthy, then there's nothing wrong with the with the metaphorical care package. But, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, the reasons behind stuff is always. That's crucial. Agreed. Um, we also, okay, so if anybody who's listening would like to provide feedback or <laughs> be on the boat and share uh, their own stories, um, unless you're like a serial killer or get motion sick. You can come too, but just don't bring your weapons. Uh, yeah. Um, we do have an email address, which I forgot about oh. every time that we've done this. In the same boat dot Seattle at gmail dot com. So was in the same boat at gmail dot com. It was not available. In the same boat at gmail dot com was not available. That's unfortunately. hilarious. In the same boat, all lowercase, no spaces dot Seattle at gmail dot com. If you want to give criticism, that's totally that's totally great. I would love to hear it. You know, respectful <laughs> criticism would be great. Um, if you're mean, we will uh, cry. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, how do we end it this time? Is the boat squeaking in the back? God, you can hear the fenders. I hope that people can hear the, like, squelching. Can you hear the squeaking? <laughs> my, my home hitting the It feels so dock. homey for me. All I need is a sail and a frap line that's undone. So it's, like, <laughs> slapping against it's the mask. The frap line? Yeah, the frap line. We've got boat lingo. That's a good one. Squelch. We should really put it in the boat. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not going in there. <laughs>